The following episode of Days of Thunder is brought to you as part of the Pro Wrestling Only Podcast Network. Go to ProWrestlingOnly.com to enjoy other fine podcasts, as well as match reviews, book reviews, video game reviews, and of course our forums. Let's start the show. Hey there, Thunder Buddies and Travellers Down Thunder Road. It's us, Days of Thunder, the WCW Thunder Rewatch podcast that you didn't ask for, but we did anyway, coming to you as part of the Pro Wrestling Only Podcast Network. I am... It, oh, 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 oh. Take trick. Yeah, yeah. Oh. The fucking gods aren't with us tonight, like. <laughs> See, I went into that one too fast, and I started talking quicker than I was thinking. That's yeah. the problem. You were looking, looking ahead. Whew. Right. Cool the Jets. It's the WrestleMania 23 main event, Lee, and you're Shawn Michaels telling me John Cena to calm down five minutes in. <laughs> uh. Right. Hmm. <clears throat> Travelers Down Thunder Road. It's us, Days of Thunder, the WCW Thunder rewatch podcast that you didn't ask for, but we did anyway, coming to you as part of the Pro Wrestling Only Podcast Network. I'm your host, your connoisseur on Thunder Road, Dave Ryan, and I'm joined by my faithful co-host, as I always am, Stagger Lee Malone. Lee, how are you this evening? I am great, pal. How are you on this lovely, wet Irish summer Wednesday evening? Holy Christ, yeah, I, I, it, I, we've kind of been deceived by how warm it was the last mm-hmm. week, and, you know, this is, I, I think I invited the, the wrath from high atop the thing, because I was doing a bit of gardening over the weekend, and I want to kind of uh, turn the soil, and just, because uh, there's a lot of weeds and crap, and there's holes that my dog has dug, so I want to kind of turn the soil, level it all off, and plant some grass seed again, and I said, God, the, the, the soil is so dry, I could do with like a bit of rain coming down to moisten it up and make the job of digging it a bit easier. Lo and behold, it's absolutely bucketing rain out. <laughs> So it's your fault. Yeah, yeah. For fuck's sake. I know, yeah. Done it again. I've only gone and done it. Um, um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, I think we should say this straight off the top. It's the 25th episode of Thunder. Yeah. Qu- a quarter century yeah. of, of episodes of, of actual normal Thunder. And I, I certainly feel a quarter of a century older. I tell you what, I, I as I sat down to watch it, I was like, oh, this is the 25th episode. And I went, oh, it's taken us... 16 months to get here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my my original calculation that this podcast would last for about like just shy of seven and a half years, I think, was my calculation if we went every two weeks. Yeah, didn't, we, we, didn't we, we factor joked. in the pay-per-views or any of the specials we would do. No. Um, so yeah, we're, we're going to be here a while, Thunder Buddies. So yeah, I hope you've uh, at least come to accept us if you enjoy us. I hope you're in a comfy chair. You got your running shoes on, whatever it is you do while you're listening to us, because <laughs> yeah. we're going to age not very gracefully right here. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, you're going to watch us go into the, our autumn years recording this podcast. Uh, at least, God, at least we'll the, always have disco. God, the the dawning, the, the dawning horror that like I was in my twenties when I started this podcast, and I'd nearly be in my forties by the time we're done is Oof. haunting. <laughs> <laughs> the last decade thanks thanks for kicking off the podcast Lee with that fucking downer anyway <laughs> listen I'm in a good mood yeah no yeah like uh, you know uh, the, the the one foot in the grave of it all aside yeah I'm, I'm doing pretty well um, I had kind of like uh, I've had a couple of stressful days in work but uh, like other than that I think things are going well of Settle into a bit of a groove of uh, doing these weekly shows. How have you been finding? We went we went weekly for a whole month for the first time ever last month uh, in in April. How'd you enjoy it? I don't think I planned out my time very well because it was a struggle initially. Because yeah, you know, I mean, I think we're both guilty. Of this we kind of leave thunder to the very last second to watch it, so it's a bit fresher yeah. in our minds for when we're we're recording. Yeah, but. Uh, with with so much to watch, I think I left it a bit tight, and I was a bit kind of stressed about it all at one stage. Yeah. But oh, no, yeah, I enjoyed dude, it. I I, fin- re- I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I finished this episode about an hour ago, um, so like, that's about as late as it gets. I remember, like, fado fado, when we started the podcast, uh, my idea was okay. We watch two thunders at a mm-hmm. go, and we record two thunders at a go, and very quickly, I think it became apparent to us that. It was so just blending in together. For, yeah. Yeah. So much for better or worse happens on these shows. Not only does the, do the episodes blend together, but even like if I watched, if I watched uh, an episode of Thunder any more than about 48 hours before we record this podcast, mm-hmm. I'm screwed. Yeah. You know, I write fairly detailed notes, but there was at least one episode a while, a good while back, it was maybe four or five months into us doing this, this show where I, I was about halfway through the show and I was reading my notes going, I do not remember this. <laughs> and I only watched it four days ago. Um, I think that's when we came to realise if we're recording on a Tuesday, the earliest you watch is Sunday. Yeah. Um, but I got, yeah, look, I've enjoyed going weekly throughout um, throughout April. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something, I think, when things start approaching normalcy in, in June, say... Uh, I don't think it's something we can physically keep up that momentum because I, I, I kind of, I, the way we are with this program, I know the idea of quality control and thunder are usually mm-hmm. mutually exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of, I don't want to go any more than once every two weeks with normal timeline shows. Yeah. Uh, following our thunders and our pay-per-views from 98 at the moment. Um, and I also don't want to get to the point where we're just making up special episodes for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. So, and that's we it. Pick- we we don't want it to become forced and feel like we have to do it weekly. Like we're doing it weekly at the moment because we enjoy doing it. Mm. For sure, we enjoy the topics we've been talking about, um, and we enjoy talking to each other, and we enjoy recording mm-hmm. the podcast. And also, obviously, we have that additional bit of free time at the moment. Um, but as you say, yeah, we don't want to get to the point where it's becoming a chore because we want to give, we want to record the podcast with the same level of kind of energy. And I don't know if enthusiasm is the right word, but we, we want to keep a certain standard up anyway. The same standard um, of spite that we have for all of it. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, no, I enjoyed the specials we did this month. I thought that like the WWE Untold one was a mm-hmm. quite a timely one to kind of do a smaller episode and, and talk about something that had dropped quite recently. Um, that I'll te- te- tell you what, how perfect is the timing with the last dance as well? Oh yeah, which has been an absolute blast. And that feels like something when that whole thing is said and done. And Rodman, I think, makes one more appearance next year in WCW. That, that We'll probably talk about the last dance at some stage when that whole thing has come out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was good timing. Uh, a real nexus of us doing the Bash at the Beach show, the last dance documentary coming out, and WWE dropping that documentary all kind of happening in around the same time. It's great. Uh, Pick Your Poison with Jamesy on Ric Flair, our show that we released last yeah. week, was kind of one of the most enjoyable recording sessions I've ever had. Um, and it's helped not only by the fact that we'd never recorded with Jamesy before, but the fact that we were watching six absolute classic wrestling matches. Yeah, like the, the list of talents that we went through on that show is just astounding. And yeah, it, uh, I mean, obviously, with, with shows not going on at the moment, and Jamesy is someone that we'd see what nearly twice a month we like when yeah. things are normal in inverted commas um yeah like we'd see jamesy a lot and get to talk a lot of wrestling which we obviously haven't been able to do yeah yeah so i see jamesy more than i see some of my relatives uh during the normal <laughs> course of things um so it was good to have a catch up with them um but uh, I, I'm pleased to report as well, that's kind of the reason we're talking about like how much we enjoyed recording in April, mm-hmm. is that at least we're going to try go weekly for one more month uh, for people. We've gotten some good feedback. People seem to be listening. People seem to be enjoying. So we're going to go monthly for, for one more month. Again, we'll be doing every two weeks with our normal shows. So t- Thunder 25 this week, Thunder 26 will be in two weeks. And then two weeks after that will be Road Wild 98. More on that later. Um, but we also have space in the month of May for two specials that we fit in and we have a pick your poison we have our next guest on the hook and we know who we're going to cover and we're getting our match playlist together Um, his schedule is quite busy as is ours so we kind of we're hoping that we can get that out in May but if not Lee we have an idea for a couple of very special episodes if you want to fill everybody in yeah, so we kind of spitballed ideas back and forth between ourselves about, obviously we have a bit more time still in May, and we thought, right, we'll go weekly, so if we don't get to the Pick Your Poison this month, we'll obviously do it in June, so for this month, it will either be a Pick Your Poison and a retro pay-per-view, or it'll be two retro pay-per-views that we are going to cover, and we have selected two pay-per-views, so... The first one we are going to cover is going to be Bash at the Beach 1994, which is obviously a standout moment in WCW history because it's the debut of one Hulk Hogan. And the second pay-per-view also centers around Mr. Hulk Hogan because it's Bash at the Beach 1996, which I don't think I need to explain to anybody that's listening to the show. Yeah, so as Lee said... uh, we're going to be doing both of those pay-per-views anyway, and it just depends on what happens to Pick Your Poison. So it'll either be two retro pay-per-views this month in between normal shows, or it'll mm-hmm. be a Pick Your Poison and one of the shows, and then the other one in June. June um, yeah. So that's that's our plan at the moment, just to fill all the Thunder Buddies in on that so we don't leave you in the lurch. But uh, speaking of extra content, I've been... Well, well I was just going to throw in the JML kind of advert thing of, but that's not all. 
<laughs> yes, <laughs> I I have been out there grabbing some uh, grabbing some uh, some some websites and stuff, um, and I I'm pleased to announce that that now I don't know how much content is going to be thrown out on one of them because we're old men, but uh, first and foremost, uh, we now have an Instagram. Um, because I kind of realized, well, WCW Thunder Pod is free on Instagram, so I better go grab that. So if you want to go to Instagram and it's uh, WCW Thunder Pod over on Instagram, all one word, um, I'll probably just be posting up kind of maybe still images from the show and things like that. Maybe if Lee sends me images, I probably a good shout would be putting up our beers on that one. Um, literally just thought of that this second. Um, so yeah, there'll just be various images. So if you want to follow us, WCW Thunder Pod uh, on Instagram, that'd be cool uh, and then the other thing the thing i'm a, a bit more excited about because it's more kind of our speedly mm-hmm. is that we now have a, a space for a blog um it's wcwthunderpod.wordpress.com and the the blog has been titled uh by one lee malone as beyond the thunder road uh and do you want to fill people at home the thunder buddies in on what our idea for beyond the thunder road is because it's not really we're not just just sticking with thunder here are we no well the whole point of the name beyond thunder road is that we are going beyond thunder which is obviously what people know us as watching and talking about so i think you yourself want to kind of go back and watch uncharted territory which is which i won't lie is where i got the whole idea for beyond the thunder road mm-hmm. yeah uh, and um i i'm not 100 percent sure what i'm going to dip in but i might just do random shows that i'm watching could be like a new japan show could be a wwe show could be an old irish wrestling show who knows it could be anything but i'll definitely throw up words every now and again and see what whether people enjoy it or not yeah so like we've both done a bit of writing in our time and i think it's kind of one of those things where it's not going to be an essential step on thunder Mm -hmm. road for people who just like listen to the podcast it's more if you like our voices and our takes on things lord knows why you would but if you do uh we're offering another avenue where we'll be putting up some bits here or there as lee said i i'm looking forward to uh beyond wrestling uncharted territory was uh, one of my favorite weekly wrestling shows for the two seasons it was on uh, and I was just getting around to thinking, like, I should really watch it because today, as we're recording this, is actually the day that season three was supposed to start before all this shite happened. Um, so I want to go back and I want to watch that. Um, and yes, it is partly just an excuse to watch David Starr and Masato Tanaka again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm going to maybe, like, just write a few words here or there about those shows. But yeah, like, the two of us have, have written stuff here and there. Uh, over the years, Lee used to do your OTT reviews um, for the world ended. Um, and for, I, I, I like back in the day, I used to write about like politics and I used to write about uh, I, I used to review music for a local paper. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to kind of stretching some other kind of like brain muscles that I don't get to uh, when I'm just talking into a microphone all the time. Just, just a nice little creative outlet for us both that uh, we don't have to stick rigorously to. It's just yeah. something that if we have a bit of time and we're watching something, we can throw down some words if, if the inspiration comes to us. Yeah, so if you like hearing or, or, or thinking a bit like or reading us talking about wrestling, um, this is just another way for us to do that without kind of I don't want to bring our discussions on other wrestling into the Thunder program because mm-hmm. that's not where it belongs and Lord knows we don't have the time to be recording a second podcast <laughs> uh, on top of Days of Thunder uh, so 
this is the this is the best avenue the two of us could come up with uh wcwthunderpod.wordpress.com uh, and partly inspired by uh, two of our good friends to do that uh Galazzo Dan, great friend of the show, uh, with his Space Flying Tiger blog. Um, and a good friend of the show as well, Zig, from Journey Through Gorilla Island and his Hitching the King's Road blog. Both uh, great blogs to read. Um, and they're kind of what has inspired me to, to get up off my arse and to bring my, my co-host with me into the blog <laughs> space again. Anyway, with all that... <laughs> I felt like that was a lot of a lot of admin up frontly. Uh, let's get down to the the, the nitty gritty. Yeah, let's get to the real important stuff here. The real important stuff, and that is our beverages. Of course. <laughs> uh, what are you rocking this week in the holster? I I just sent out a picture about an hour ago on the uh, counter. I have a yeasty boys pot kettle black South Pacific porter. This is, I think it's the last of my uh, delivery from Craft Central. And I was keeping this one especially for the show because I was looking forward to this one. This is one I was really looking forward to. And um, I think it's Nathan, Nathan Moore on uh, Twitter was asking, did I, did what beers we got? And I actually said yes. I got one from down in Australia. I know he's in New Zealand, which is obviously not the same place. So I said I'd keep this one especially for this episode and I'm just going to have a taste. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's nice. Yeah, it's not. It's not like a stout. It's a bit more hoppy, mm. but it's old. I like that. Okay, um, I am rocking again from the uh, the craft central box. I've been kind of dull in the mouth gradually. This is only the second one I've had. I've been <laughs> trying to have them all on the show because I've never had any of them. And like the stuff in my fridge that I've had before is what I've been getting through in my spare time. So I've gone with uh one. I I think maybe one of the ones I was most excited for out of my order and that is the Beavertown Bloody L Blood Orange IPA um, now I like an India Pale Ale mm-hmm. and I think you like your citrus everybody on this everybody on this show knows I love my I loves my citrus and it's easy enough to find kind of lemony beers and things like that but the old orange beer is a bit rarer so let's give this a go Yeah, yeah. It's um the orange is much more subtle than I would have expected. I think like with a lot of these IPAs and things like that, they tend to they can be overpowering, can't they? Yeah, they get they, they get turned up to eleven mm. a lot, and it's kind of like up front, it's just a nice kind of uh, thirst quenching IPA, and then it's got a bit of a blood orange kick after it. I like that very much. Mm. Right. With that bit of business out of the way, it's time to talk about Thunder episode twenty five. Dated July 16th, 1998, from Oakland, California. And oh my god, Lee, this show could not have started with worse news. Three <sighs> hours of thunder. Dave, why is the show two, three hours? Why? <laughs> like, this is a pay per view length show. We weren't ready for this. <laughs> that in, in a broad existential sense, Lee, I have no fucking idea why this is three hours long. I know business-wise why this was three hours long, and that was as they kept beating us over the head with during this show, and I suppose rightfully so because it's scheduling. Uh, this was to be the last Thunder on TBS until uh, August 5th because the Goodwill Games were, were mm. starting the following week, so they, they were kind of being preempted for two straight weeks. There would be no Thunder. Uh, so we're getting way more bang for our book this week on Thunder. And Jesus, are we going to talk about what they did with that? those three hours? Because, Lee, I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off. This was a poor, 
poor <laughs> episode of television. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm not saying it was a complete, uh, like a complete flush it down the toilet show. There's some good stuff on here, but fuck me, would I not have planned out three hours of television in the way that this panned out? But let's get through it anyway, as you say. Um, the the thing the the commentary team are saying straight away at the top of this show is that they were in Vegas on Monday, and they are alluding to the fact that Scott Hall turned on Kevin Nash. Now we know there had been a bit of, uh, in a previous appearance of Halls, there had been some tension between the two, and the full on turn happened on Monday. Um, and one thing you want to talk about things that were maybe a little bit of a refreshing change of pace on this show. Uh, the first proper segment we got was a sit down interview between Nash and Tanay. Obviously, like you're thinking about the time this has taken place in wrestling. Uh, and Lee, I'm sure you, uh, as well as uh, I, the, your mind is immediately drawn to the, the JR sit down interviews that would become popular throughout the Attitude Era. This is kind of what that very much felt like. Yeah, like. This, this was shot in such a peculiar way for WCW because it was just one camera and yep. you're looking directly at Kevin Ash. You don't see Mike Tanay, you just hear his voice off to the sides. And I actually really enjoyed this. I thought this yeah. was great. I wanted to see more of this on the show. This was like, so you know when you kind of, um, when you think about Kevin Nash and his acting career mm-hmm. uh, and you think like he's he's in a lot of things where he doesn't say much. The Punisher. Um like yeah, Punisher <laughs> or um Magic Mike. <laughs> I ha I haven't seen Magic Mike. Um Oh it's, it's his best performance. I, I how dare you, because he's in John Wick and he says about three lines in that, but he's great as like vaguely Eastern European uh bouncer. He's <laughs> like Mr. Vick. <laughs> uh to John Wick. He's like I think he's like the bouncer at the club that uh Allen is hiding out in um, but yeah uh, you don't think of Nash as like having serious chops or anything like that but like you said it's so unlike because everything in WCW is kind of the volume is turned mm-hmm. up and the kind of the frantic like it, there's like real kinetic energy to everything that happens in this, WCW and this is slow this was low it's, key it was it's like calm quiet yeah, yeah. And it's like, again, Nash is the guy who doesn't take anything serious and he's all bravado and nothing ever bothers him. We were talking last week about him coming out in like his basketball jersey and his jorts and things mm-hmm. like that. Like in full don't give a fuck mode. And he's just so grave and serious here. But in a great way because like the fact that this has really rattled Kevin mm-hmm. Nash, I think really sells the betrayal. I, I think know, it felt it, genuine. Like it really did. Like he got yeah. across that. Like he says it in the in the uh, interview. He's like, um, you know, I've had fights with my brother, but like you know, your brother's by birth, whereas like your best friend's by choice. This is yeah. somebody he chose to have in his life. Yeah. Well, that's what he said. Yeah, because Tanay said that they were like brothers, and he said, "No, it's more than that." Because yeah, brothers are by blood. We are best friends by choice. Mm-hmm. He um he he kind of solemnly alludes to and this is kind of again we're heading down that road of even though this is great in isolation the play the arc Scott Hall's character mm-hmm. is about to take is, whew, yeah not one of the greatest decisions the company ever made but anyway he alludes to personal problems Scott was going through 
and he said that he could see he was being manipulated by Hogan and Bischoff but thought that he could make him see the light but Scott had been ignoring him he wasn't answering his calls things like that we had the bit about brothers and best friends he said because they'd travelled up and down the road for so many years and they'd been in these arenas and they'd teamed together he's seen Scott more than he's seen his own wife uh, he said that he, you know when they touched on Monday he thought the magic was back but he was clearly wrong uh, he says this kind of transgression on Monday that was strike two and with people you love sometimes you got to teach them tough love um, and basically saying you know I might just have to beat the hell out of him and do you know what immediately there Lee I, I didn't see the betrayal on Monday you know I've, mm-hmm. I've seen it before on like I've watched the pay-per-view wasn't it that episode Nitro before um, but I, I'm, I'm coming in as a Thunder viewer and this 90 second segment I really want to see Kevin Nash beat the hell out of Scott Hall yeah, now yeah fully agree um, like one one thing Tenek says I want to take take a take a shot at he, um, he says that people have called Nash and Hall the greatest tag team of all time <laughs> yeah, and I want to know who a- these people are because I want to find them and showed them like a Steiner's match, or a Harlem Heat match, or Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express, Arn and Tully. Yeah. You name a team. Like, the temerity of him to the temerity of him to say that with Aaron Anderson in the building. Yeah, like it, you know. fucking build them up. You know, two of the, the best wrestlers of all time. If you want to say something like that, but the best tag team of all time. This is, I, I think this is something um, that we'll talk about more and more, particularly during this 98 to through to maybe about mid-2000 period. So one of the problems that, much as we love Tony, much as we love Tanae, much as we love Brain, a problem occurs at a certain point with the credibility of announcers in that, like, there's a fine line between, you know, putting something over and bigging it up and overinflating something to the point where no one believes a word you say. You know, the thing we, we always slag off is like, if every night is the biggest night in yeah. the history of our sport, then eventually nothing is important. Yeah. Um, I, I think a, and, great, a and, great comparison would be, right, JR always said about Sean Waltman, or X-Pac, you know, he's quicker than a hiccup, and you know his kicks are lethal. But he never said, like, he's the best kick, he has the best strikes in the world, and he's the fastest wrestler ever. He just yeah. put him over. He just said, you know, he's quick as hell and people struggle with it. And that that's it. That's all you needed to say. All Tanae yeah, had to say he, is, you know, people consider you a great tag team. You had a great yeah. run together. That's all you have to say. He would do the, the, the Rob Van Damme uh, educated feet thing yeah. as well. And yet he always had his little codes. And, you know, much as the man's de- decline over the years has been precipitous, Jim Ross was a guy who like in his pomp had his own ways of promoting what needed to be promoted and just kind of leveling it with you you know the famous bowling shoe ugly being mm-hmm. Jim Ross code for this match is going to be shite we just have to get through it yeah. um, and that's why he, he retained credibility for all this time yeah truly truly and, and that's why you know much as I, I think Tony Schiavone is an excellent commentator and much as I think uh, because of his his latter career association with TNA, I think uh, Tanae gets a lot of pelters. I think Tanae is tremendously underrated as a wrestling commentator. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because they maybe over-egg it sometimes, um, I, I think that, that has lost them a lot of kudos with fans over the years. But uh, 
Yeah, with the exception of the line about the great, the greatest tag team of all time, <laughs> um, this was an excellent segment. Oh, and I fantastic. was maybe it set the bar unreasonably high for the rest of the show because I was really <laughs> excited after this. I was like, wow, this actually, and you hit the nail on the head straight away there, it just felt different. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that's all you want, you know, when kind of, we've been hitting the skids with a lot of these Thunder shows lately. The regular Thunder shows have been feeling very, very same mm-hmm. um, and not in a good way. Um, and this was the kind of thing where, oh, okay, look, they're trying something different here. Um, so I was all about it. And the, the the simplicity is what made it. Like you said, you just simply now want to see Kat and Nash hook it up with Scott Hall. That's all you want now. Yeah. Now, in the vein of over-egging, what I will say as we move on to our next segment now is that I felt this was a night of incredible distraction on behalf of the, uh, the commentary team because mm-hmm. I felt like when matches were going on now some of them weren't great and i wouldn't have been able to pay attention either but i felt like they spent three hours putting over one angle you know yeah it it was all about the nwo family drama and even here in the next one um conan is coming out and you know conan has his interaction with nwo hollywood later on in the night but as he's coming out here instead of okay dog is here uh, and he's here to wrestle El Dandy. It's Stagger Lee talking about the outsiders again and about how money is the root of all evil that, and that may be the, the core cause of tension between Hall and Nash. Mm. And it's okay for a little bit because I think it would feel disingenuous for such a bombshell of a segment to happen and not comment on it as the, the announced team. But I think there is a balance, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. I think this is the first episode where I kind of tuned out the commentary a lot of the time like it, it it's kind of a modern thing with like if i'm watching wwe i'm not listening to fucking michael cole or jerry lawler i'm just i'm not going to listen to what they're saying it's i can hear it but i'm not listening and i think on this episode like you say it was all just kind of it was all very much background noise like i didn't yeah. really know anything of what they were saying and i felt like there was no space in between what they were saying mm. as well it felt like it was one of the first episodes where i've actually found it difficult normally like i'm typing along as i'm watching with my notes and it was the first time i've struggled to should i be following the match should i be following the commentary yeah. because the x is going on in the ring but they're talking about three times as much stuff on mm-hmm. commentary and i'm struggling which to reflect and at what stage um and it's just getting me distracted so i can imagine you're tuning in in 1998 and it's like oh it's Conan versus El Dandy but about 20 seconds in you're like well, the guys who are paid to talk about this match don't give a shit about yes. it why should I and and that's ultimately um, what WCW's problem became yeah and and it's something that hey, look it's not just a WCW problem because I think not so much at this period but you know after the the Monday Night War was over it's something that WWE became increasingly mm-hmm. bad at um, and something that, again, I don't watch WWE programming at all anymore, really. Like, I, I even gave up the ghost on NXT months ago mm-hmm. um, with the with the exception of the occasional takeover and pay-per-view. Um, but, it, yeah, it just felt like the commentary was just so inessential and so, like, missing the point of what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, look, we'll move on uh, to Conan versus El Dandy. And uh, an, an observation I didn't think I'd made before, maybe the, him coming out in the vest here for his entrance. El Dandy looks like 
every single man you have ever driven past in his tractor in rural Ireland. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> like, if you just replace, like, if you replace the, the little vest he was coming out with, Tweed with jacket. like a high-vis jacket. Yeah. yeah. Like, the hair is just a little kind of fucked up. Do you know, he, like, like he, he's got... He's got the face of a man who's been asked for directions to the parish centre one too many times today. <laughs> and, like, all he was missing was, like, a sheepdog sitting with him in the cab of the tractor. Either that or his grandson. <laughs> or his grandson, yeah. <laughs> Joe, funny enough, actually, the one time I was in, I wasn't in a tractor. I was in a, I was in a JCB once in my life when I was about six or seven. My, my grand-uncle's one, and I nearly drove it into his house. Because he was like, he was doing the thing where he go, oh, I'll pretend to let you drive. And he was explaining to me the different bits and pieces. And as soon as he said, this one is the accelerator, I just jumped both feet on the accelerator. Oh, no. Out of his hands. I had to put the handbrake on to stop it. It, was going, oh, it would have been a bad time, let me tell you. Sorry, Uncle Christy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know he's listening. Huge Thunder fan. Oh, jeez. Um, now I just want to see you behind it. JCB. I know, right? Oh, God, no one wants to see that. Uh, <laughs> I love the way we give out about announcers being incredibly distracted and then we proceed to get incredibly <laughs> distracted. Isn't that the point of this show? But they do say during this match, uh, in one useful bit of information they give when they're talking about all the NWO drama, that they are going to attempt, and I love that they're, they're not even confident it's going to happen, that they're going to attempt to do Hennig versus DDP again later. The, the yeah. Thunder main event from last week that was called off at the last second by a fax. Uh, and you know what? As, you know, in reflection, they were right not to be that confident that that singles match was going to happen. Um, I tell you what, do you know what they also mentioned? They mentioned that uh, Bobby threw out the opening pitch at an Oakland A's game earlier in the day. Yes, I, I did write this down somewhere because we get to see his... Um, ah, yeah. So, uh, at the end of the next match, we do get a bit more mm-hmm. of that. But yeah, they were talking about the Oakland A's game. And I actually meant to look up and see if there was footage of that. But I, I would but love to see Bobby. They, they said, they, said they were going to show it. So, I'm assuming they did going into a break or something. But obviously, WWE yeah. don't have the footage. Don't it have was shit canned like, yeah. the, um, like the Walker Texas Ranger footage, probably. Um, but I'm just thinking, obviously, the Oakland A's are famous for uh, Moneyball. Yeah. The movie. Yeah, that's what it was. It's it's so this is slightly before the events of that movie. I'm pretty sure it is, but they they do mention Jason Giammi. Yeah, on the show and being in attendance. They, they never actually show any of the Oakland days, but they say they are in attendance, which means they probably aren't. <laughs> <laughs> it it feels really weird for me to get a baseball reference. <laughs> yeah, uh, Moneyball is the only baseball movie I understand, so I don't get the the whole idea of baseball. It's just fucking fancy rounders to me. Fancy rounders. <laughs> Baseball feels like a game. I like. I feel like. I, I think I talked about this show before that there was a, a, like a kind of sliding doors moment where I nearly grew up in Philly, um, mm-hmm. and I feel like if I had moved to America, I would be all in on American sports. You know, like I like American football. Yeah, I really like basketball, mm-hmm. and I think like baseball seems like a cool kind of like a a more down-to-earth version of cricket you know where like people go to cricket games essentially just to get pissed on pims and sit in the sun for the day 
Uh, and it seems very much like, oh, like people, a lot of people just go to the baseball games so they can have their, their big pretzel or their big hot dog, and have get a pissed. gigantic yeah. beer, sit in the sun and there's a game going on in the background. Yeah, uh, um, maybe. That that does appeal to me in, yeah. in some sense, but it's still just fucking rounders with notions, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, but, I, I would be more baseball or uh, basketball and American football. Yeah, I would definitely watch. I just don't have the yeah. time, unfortunately. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, it's better, like the, we, we watch so much wrestling and we're both big uh, football, aka soccer fans for you, for you American listeners. Uh, and like, even if... Uh, American sports were on at a reasonable hour for us. I I don't think I'd have the time. The fact that most of them are on in the middle of the night, uh, over here, uh, doesn't help at all. <laughs> yeah, being being on at like half eleven on a Sunday night, starting like yeah. an American football game, and you're going, well, it's gonna go about three and a half hours. It's not ideal. No, no, absolutely not. But I did love getting to go. Um, I did get to go to a, a basketball game when I was in uh, Texas and that was very, very enjoyable. Um, unfortunately, I was actually going to go to a baseball game when I was in um, San Francisco, but it was in the off-season. We ended up travelling, so that didn't happen. You could anyway. see Vince Russo's favourite baseball team, the Giants. <laughs> I know, a real, real missed opportunity there. Uh, I don't know if you can all tell, but not much happens in this match, uh, as evidenced by me and Lee just not talking. We're not doing a bit where we're trying to be the commentators and talk about anything but the match. But very little happened here, apart from uh, Conan, during his comeback, hit an absolutely pathetic back kick. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you kind of, as when, when you start getting a bit elderly, you lament your lack of flexibility. And it's like, I don't think I could attempt, like, uh, super kicking somebody without, like, popping out both hips at this point. Oh, the top of it terrifies me. Yeah. <laughs> um, this back kick, you know, you want to hit a back kick, in my mind, a good, like, midsection back kick is mm-hmm. where you want. If... If Conan's leg came up as far as El Dandy's kneecap, I would have been surprised here. <laughs> yeah, he it, it's a very low effort kick. That that's the nicest thing you can say about it. I completely undercut again by Tony putting over the back kick immediately. Uh, Conan wins with a one eight seven on Tequila Sunrise, uh, as you might have expected uh, in that, this mismatch. I, I tell you what, the Tequila Sunrise is quickly earning uh, the most unnecessary fucking submission finisher of all time the territory I think, yeah I think almost every time we've seen him put in the person's already out like. yeah 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 just pin him like it's at this point it's just torture like which look I can't get behind I understand but yeah <laughs> but yeah it's just totally unnecessary not great but then we move on to um, we move on to Lismark Jr. versus Ultimo Dragon we've seen Lismark Jr. in a while on the show um, and this is where they announce about the preempting for the Goodwill Games. Um, this was the start of me noticing that there was a lot, and I mean a lot, of Wu Tang Clan signs in the crowd tonight. I didn't notice that. There were two, almost right beside each other on the entrance ramp, but not held by like the same group of people. It was like two groups of people who had arrived mm. separately. Um. There's another three or four on the hard cam I picked up over the night. And I was just like, at the back of my head, like I would know Wu-Tang vaguely enough. Like I wouldn't say I'd be a huge Wu-Tang fan. 
Uh, I'm not Benno. I was just going to say we'd have to get Wu Tang expert Benno on the show to. This is, we should we should call him in. <laughs> get him to go. I was like, oh, they must have some like, sort did of an, associate. Did an album drop or something? Did was there like a new? Nope, nope. Ninety seven was their most recent album before this, and then I was like, oh, I, like, I, do they have some sort of association with Oakland? Is that why everything is Wu Tang? Nope, New York. Um, so I got nothing. <laughs> Um, if somebody wants to let us know why in July 1998 fucking Wu-Tang was everywhere in Oakland, I'm not against it. Big in favour of the Wu-Tang clan. I was just very confused. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got nothing. I, I didn't notice it. I fucking, it went straight over my head. Yeah. There's, a, there's another Wu-Tang sa- sign I will refer to later in the programme um, because the message that accompanied it was rather unsettling. But we'll get to that at, at its right time. Um, they are... Lee Marshall calls Ultimo Dragon the most frustrated man in WCW, as you could argue, and I would say rightly argue, Lee, that Ultimo Dragon would have right to say that he should be Cruiserweight Champion by now. Oh, yeah, he should have won the Cruiserweight title a week, a week ago. Yeah. Malenko screwed he's him. Been, <laughs> yeah, he's been a pawn in the Malenko-Jericho saga for about a month now. And hasn't got his payoff for it all. He's here wrestling Lismark. Um, they're plugging Road Wild later in the month with a Travis Tritt country music superstar concert as part of the broadcast. I bet you can't wait for that, my friend. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Straight up, I, I didn't look him up. I, if it's on the show, I'm probably going to skip it. But here's the thing, right? So in the mid to late 90s, this is like the heyday of country music in terms of like a kind of mainstream appeal. And something American listeners to this program might not know is that maybe the only other country on earth where country music <laughs> blew up massively. Yeah, we covered we covered this was before. Ireland. What? We covered we mentioned this before on the show. Did we? Yeah, we did, yeah. I just I I still can't understand it. Like, why here? We met we talked about the whole Garth Brooks um saga in Ireland. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, don't mention the war, as they say. But yeah, uh, I, I, I don't understand the country and western thing. Line dancing was here, was here, was huge here for a lot of the 90s. Yeah, in the same way that people do like Pilates or spin classes and stuff like that, like the real kind of like everybody's mom in the 90s, their way of getting fit was to go to line dancing classes. Like, I, I remember like the, the early to mid 90s, like people wearing Wrangler jeans were like, Jesus, that's top of the range stuff, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It just it, it just baffles me. It really does. Um we've got a fast-paced match here. Um and some interesting stuff, uh some interesting moves being hit here. Mm-hmm. Uh what do you think of Lismark Jr hitting a I, I can't remember if I've seen this kind of spot before, a float over fall away slam. Yeah, that that was unique. Um it looks like it's very fucking difficult to hold a bridge because he doesn't. He kind of floats over into the pin, but he looked like he was hold, going for a bridge into the yeah. pin. And I'd say his neck just gave out because that doesn't look nice. No, it, it did look uncomfortable on Lismark's part here. Um, after he hits the, 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 follow, the float over fall away, he goes for a big old quebrada and gets... It looked like he gets drop kicked right in the bollocks. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> Samoan drop from Lismark for the near fall, which I believe was also called a, a following slam, slam yep. by Tony. 
he goes for it again, but gets caught in Dragon Sleeper and taps. Uh, enjoyed this match. Uh, wasn't around for long, but but while it was, I enjoyed getting to see these two guys mix it up. Yeah, they kind of ran through their spots, and it was fairly short. But yeah, I I did enjoy that. Uh, as soon as Dragon locks into Dragon Sleeper, that's it. You just tap straight away. That's it, yeah. It puts over the Dragon Sleeper as a big thing that you could be caught. Uh, while you're on the offense, you can be caught out of nowhere mm-hmm. in a Dragon Sleeper and you're done for. Uh, as you alluded to earlier, Lee, Brain has the ball that he threw at the Oakland A's game and Tony buries him for it, basically. <laughs> uh, says something to the effect of, God, they must have been really stuck for people to throw the first pitch if they went to you. Um, which is like, oh. <laughs> I, did, I did like when he hands him back the uh, baseball in the case. And Brain just kind of stretches out his elbow, and Tony just stops what he's talking about and just goes, Oh, is your elbow okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's selling the elbow. What a pro. Oh, I love him. I love him so much. Uh, they move on now to talking about how Hennig chickened out of the main event last week and how um, this kind of feud between him and DDP has been bubbling since all the way back at Bash the Beach 1997 when Hennig was DDP's mystery partner um, and Hennig turned on him. Uh, we go back to Penzer. This is from last week on Thunder, reading the letter from WCW headquarters that cancelled the match. Uh, and I enjoyed, as this was happening, Bobby Heenan under his breath saying, he can read? <laughs> I didn't catch that. Again, there was a couple of recaps on this show and I just kind of zoned out. Yeah, you kind of do after a while with these. Uh, no, I think, I think no, the knowing the show was going two and a half hours. I was just like, yeah, yeah I'm going to take any opportunity I can to not take a note. Mm. Uh, Tony is here with DDP, and uh, another Wu Tang sign, sign, another Wu Tang sign presents itself on the hard cam. I don't know how wild I was about this one, Lee, because it's the Wu Tang symbol. the The colors are red, black, and white, and it says, and I quote, "Wolfpack nationalism," um, and nationalism is spelt like Kevin Nash. And uh, Wolfpack has an umlaut over the O. And I'm not wild. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just looking back overly sensitive with 2020 eyes. I go, oh, is, is a reference I'm missing to something? Oh, don't feel great about it. Um, yeah. DDP is here anyway, and he's not referencing the sign. He's talking about how he's sick of Hollywood scum Hogan. I, I appreciate Lee. He is still trying to flog this horse of getting Hollywood scum Hogan as being a popular thing. People say, oh, Dave, it's so repetitive. This this could have been a promo from fucking the build up to Bash at the Beach. As soon as he, as soon as he said it, I was just like, oh, here we go. Every time he says it, I feel like he's gonna finish off by going, eh, eh. See what I did there? He's just short of waving his hand and trying to get into chant it like, yeah. He said after he made comments about crippling Bagwell, he showed what a class act he is. Um, says he's eventually going to stick his fist through Hogan's big mouth, but tonight him and Hennig are going to get it on. He hears him and Rude are pretty jacked up about it. If you want some, come get some. You're going to feel the bang. So once he finally got to tonight's issue mm-hmm. with Hennig, he did fine. Built up the match. Didn't outstay his welcome. But as you say, I think the Hogan stuff is so like. It's like they're like, right, we're going to get to you and Hogan eventually, so you need to reference that to keep that in people's mind, but we have no idea what you should say, so just fucking go out there. Yeah, I'd say you literally just said that on the fly, just say, yeah, go and do an interview with Tony. <laughs> um, go do an interview with, with Tony, you have to mention Hogan, we couldn't even tell you why. 
Yeah. Um, I, li- I like the way he uh, said, you want some, come get some, and then went and said, uh, rise above hate and hustle loyalty respect. <laughs> and now you know that John Cena stole all his stuff from DDP. So before his time. What a man. <laughs> um, next we have the uh, the Dancing Fools with Tokyo Magnum versus The Public Enemy. I bet you were excited to see this one again. Oh, I love fucking Jesus Christ. I nearly ah. Why, 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 why do this match again? It was fucking awful the first time. I'm pretty sure it was awful the second time. Yeah. And guess what, Dave? Third time's the charm. It was fucking awful again. If not worse. (laughs) Yeah. I tell you what I did enjoy. Go on. That was Disco and Alex Roy getting their own entrances. Because as Tony quote said, they insist on getting their own entrance music to dance to. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, a nice, a little bit of logic there, I guess. I love that. I just think that's great for like this little undercar tag team. Just they're goofs. They're fucking brilliant. Nerds. Um, here's the thing, right? So you want to talk about, like, God bless them. This to me was absolutely pathetic. Uh, the lads, by which I mean the Public Enemy, are coming out in Oakland Raiders gear to enormous enormous pyro Mm -hmm. like a disproportionate amount of pyro for an act so low down the card in their Oakland Raiders gear Lee I've never seen a tag team beg for a pop more pandering absolutely pandering and I tell you what because they're not in their uh, their personalised jerseys I don't know which one is which (laughs) yeah they won't look the same it's impossible (laughs) it's impossible isn't it (laughs) It's it just they're the public enemy. They're both shy. Like yeah. here's the other thing, right? So they're out in their Oakland gear. They're from Philly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like if it wasn't already transparent how they were ah, oh, I'm just I don't I don't think about it really too much. Just just don't overthink it. it, it they're the public enemy. Hopefully they fuck off soon. Yeah. Uh match starts with uh Alex Wright showboating early and out wrestling Johnny Grunge. Tony speculates that apart from finding common common kind of ground in dancing and a love of dancing, the fools don't get along. Well, would uh, dancing and this. wrestling not be their common ground? You would think, but maybe and like especially because they both dance, but uh, you know, they they both wrestle, but they don't dance in the same way or to the same kind of music. So you would think wrestling would be an even more kind of bit of common ground for them, but whatever. Um, I wonder, like, do their politics align? Who who knows? We need that sit-down interview with the pair of them. <laughs> D- Disco comes in and immediately Johnny Grunge nearly loses him and kills him on a tilt-a-whirl. Um, Rocco comes in and in spite of Tokyo trying to interfere, uh, he cleans house. Uh, Disco fucks up something on Rocco kind of in the corner of the screen, hits the ropes, does the Triple H face buster thing to take over. Uh, double clothesline spot for the hot tag the heat in this match you know you're supposed to build the heat for ages to, to work up the hot tag the heat in this match lasted for maybe 40 seconds would you say <laughs> yeah if even it's fucking I don't know I, did, I didn't take notes on this because it was just also fucking shite I'll, I'll be honest yeah. like I didn't say it at the start this show fucking sucked so much <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, 
all men are in now. The match breaks down and the public enemy whip the fools into each other, uh, hit a double atomic drop. Uh, Rocco, in, in probably the only moment of the match I really enjoyed, Rocco does a reverse handstand over the ropes into a head scissors. Yeah, somebody needs to gift that. That is the only thing on this fucking awful match, awful trilogy of yeah. matches Right, that needs right. to be seen. Not Someone needs to gift that and someone needs to steal that. Like, that's the thing I need to see more. Fuck off with your destroyers every five minutes in matches. That was a moment where I was like, oh, okay. You don't see that, especially from a big fella. I'm trying to think of a big fella that um, could that could pull it off. I'll tell you who could do it. Keith Lee. <laughs> oh, he could, couldn't he? Yeah, he could. Him and Hero could do Dijak it. Dijak could do it. Yeah. Please. Let's stop working ourselves up yeah. for something. We're not. We're, they're not going to be watching their flyboy rock or rock takes. Ah, look, we'll, we, we'll just send a gift to Charlie Sterling. He'll do. <laughs> he will. Yeah. God bless him. Uh, table now in the ring and grunge is up top. Ma- uh, Tokyo Magnum comes in to try and save uh, Alex Wright from the Vader bomb through the table. Uh, as he's like, he saves Alex Roy and then tries to do something with the table, but either the table gets stuck when he's trying to do it, or he can't get the table stuck the way he wants it. And eventually Grunge is just like, well, I look stupid here. So he has to come off and do the Vader bomb and neck himself on the corner of the table for the DQ. Uh, as you said, a very poor match. I'm going to guess that um, Magnum had like very little experience with table. So he kind of didn't know how to move or adjust or whatever he was trying to do. And obviously Grunge was just looking like a fucking moron. They're bouncing on the ropes, getting ready for a Vader bomb that took way too long. Um, look, it was a fucking another awful DQ finish in this series, and for some reason, when the public enemy uses a table, it's allowed, and when anyone else uses a table to hurt them, it's a DQ. I mean, even by my standards, this is rules are just fucking out the window here. Like, I was gonna say, you're continuity alone. I don't know why you're asking me about like, this. Like, this just. <laughs> Like, anybody else, I'd love to say why the rules are like this. For the public enemy, I couldn't give a fuck. I just don't want them here anymore. <laughs> uh, Tony is here with Dean Malenko and his horrendous t-shirt. Uh, but I love the brain line. On, oh, oh, go on, what's the brain line, Gwen? Is the brain line by any chance? Those eyes on his shirt, they look like his eyes. <laughs> it's like, yes, Bobby, they are his eyes. <laughs> it's a Dean Malenko shirt and he's Dean Malenko. <laughs> Did you see what it says on the back? Yes, I did. At the very end of the segment, I finally saw it. Eyes of Ice. Oof. Bet you're scared now. Oh, I am, yeah. That's like my favourite Game of Thrones book, Eyes of Ice. <laughs> um. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Dean Malenko wouldn't have been out of place in Game of Thrones. <laughs> I could see him. Okay. I, I could see him alongside Rab. A Rob, what was his name? What was fucking... I'm thinking Rab. <laughs> I'm thinking now Rab himself from Jackass. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dean Malenko. Welcome to Jackass. <laughs> what would you do on Jackass? Today I'm going to try eat cream crackers without having a glass of water. <laughs> Fucked up, man. <laughs> imagine anyway. Imagine Aaron being the the fill to to Dean Malenko's bam. 
Oh god. I no, I was just thinking now, like I'm trying to think of like Jackass WCW Thunder parallels. I'm like, well Party Boy is absolutely the manager of the dancing fools. Oh, absolutely. Hundred percent. Yeah. Steve Steve with the faces of fear and all they do is beat the fuck out of him. <laughs> Remember when Jackass were gonna main event SummerSlam? <laughs> Who can forget? <laughs> I tr- much as I might try exactly. to with alcohol. <laughs> Uh, Dean is here unfortunately not with the cast of Jackass uh, says Bash the Beach was the last straw with Jericho someday down the road they'll meet again and it'll be the last you'll ever have to deal with him uh, Tony wonders uh, why Aaron Anderson was there if you recall at the end of the match uh, when Jericho tried to scarp her Aaron Anderson was backstage to kind of hold him up so Dean could get him Dean says he knows that Aaron works there. He's there every night. And he asks somebody to get a message to him in the back and say he wants to see him tonight and he's not going to leave the building till he do till he does. That's the end of the segment. You get to see the eyes mm-hmm. of ice on the back of the t-shirt. Okay, but, but, uh, but this, before we move on from well, this, we have to make an announcement. We put out a poll. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Uh, oh, I will say a wanton abuse of power is about to be discussed. Listen, we put it to a vote. I said I'd honour the vote. Once it went my way. <laughs> and it did most people were right they gave the correct answer and said yeah they want them stripped even more people well not even more but some people gave the even better answer of I'm never wrong <laughs> which I you know you had to expect was going to happen <laughs> absolute shambles <laughs> and I can now as I think we're going with Banished Door of Thunder Road yeah yeah we should explain Banished Door is the, the name to, to managers in Gaelic football. So Lee is now the Banished Door of Thunder Road uh, in terms of making rules. So I, as the Banished Door of Thunder Road, am going to strip Dean Malenko of the martial arts title. And in at some indeterminate point down the line, I will decide when there's going to be a championship match. Oh, so you're not immediately awarding it to somebody no, else. No. You're just gonna gonna wait until your first sanctioned martial arts division. Oh yeah. Okay. I, I will make a decision at some point in the future, and we will have a new champion. Okay. Well, I look forward to it, my friend. I I can't wait to see you forget this for about four months, and then be just like, oh shit, put it on barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> no, it has to be WCW. Be defended in a tag match. Uh, next, yeah. Next up, we have a WCW Saturday Night tease, and they've gotten to the point where they're not even teasing announcers for the show anymore. No, they, they just don't care anymore. <laughs> don't give a fuck. They do not give a fuck. Um, well, speaking of Saturday Night, how Saturday Night is this next match? Oh my God, Roadblock versus Duggan. Ah, oh, I just wrote, oh God. They, there was people in our mentions defending Roadblock. Yeah, how did you feel about that, Lee? You were having. You were having a bit of an emotional breakdown at this point in the show when you were live tweeting. People were mocking me, like saying Roblox is good. I can't take that seriously. It's <laughs> just personal attacks. Oh, like a, just disgusting personal attacks on Twitter. <laughs> and I mean, what even worse is they never even said how shit Duggan is. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a, you. You got to sidestep that because I don't think there even is a a, a sarcastic argument there. Ah, <laughs> uh, this this was fucking horrendous. Like slow motion. Ah, oh, awful God, brawling. It was, it was so badly. Like Duggan, you does his like absolute like every time out is full steam ahead and clothesline to the outside, which always gets an inexplicably large pop. I, I don't get it. 
Um, it, I just and then I like I was I was nominally gonna go right. I'm gonna I'm <laughs> I'm gonna like write down what happens this match, and then I just wrote, "God, this sucks." Two immobile slobs. Uh, Roadblock gets low bridged on a splash and crashes to the outside. He hangs up. Duggan attempts a rope assisted lazy moonsault, kind of like like something you see Chuck Taylor do now, uh, but. I, Instead of being for comedy, it was because he just wasn't arsed. Uh, Duggan moves out of the way, fires up with right hands, 10-punch spot. He eventually gets the three-point stance tackle and the old glory knee drop. And my biggest pop of the night was this being over. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. I, I fucking up. Duggan is another one that can just go away. Please. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next up, speaking of people who can just go away usually for us, quote unquote Brett is here um, this fucking oh my god this promo was just how shite was this oh it was so bad it was so bad like there's a couple of really good promos on this show between uh, Nash earlier and we'll talk about one that happens later on in the program but Jesus god this was awful they've like right. what I, like eight months well, sorry about what ten months before this the summer before this, 12 months ago, Bret Hart was probably the best promo in North America. Yeah. Doing the best, the best promo work of his career. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just all gone. And now, all the joy. Now he's just stumbling energy. over his words. Yeah. Bringing up people that he can't remember the name of, repeating himself. Yeah. yeah. I, I have some, some kind of low lights of the promo written down here. He says things like, you people don't seem to like me and that's fine. This is every opening mm-hmm. match heel promo you've ever heard. Mind over matter. I don't mind because you don't matter. And I was like, oh, you fucking nerd. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, that, that, another that, day. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's like, that's exactly what it is. It's pure fucking shit fucking opening jobber on the show, getting people roiled up. Yeah, uh, it's just... He uh, he goes, yeah, another day, another dollar. He buries Flair, Piper, Savage, and Benoit is being hurt because of him. He goes, then there's Butter, uh, there's Booker T, who he's got to ax a question to. Bit racist. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, just um, a bit. Just a little. Touch the old racism there. Uh, he says he, has, he gets no respect around here. And in a line that he said it with the confidence of a man who's like, oh, everybody knows this saying. He who controls the world controls your eyeballs. Like, what? Yeah, what the f- What does that mean? And it, it, because it, of this saying that he made up five seconds ago, he's concluded that he's just going to have to kick the crap out of everyone and keeps repeating, no one is safe. And in the only line that was worth a fuck, and in a better promo, it would have been kind of a memorable line. He says he's the excellence of execution, and he's going to excellently execute everyone. Like, that single line, delivered by somebody who gave a fuck, and not in the middle of a shite promo, probably would have worked. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, it was Brett. Unfortunately, it was tonight, and it was awful. Hey, at least he still has his Hogan t-shirt. Yeah, I oh yeah, that as well. Like, oh, what a geek in his Hogan t-shirt the whole time. You can't even give him an NWO Hollywood t-shirt for fuck's look, sake. It, look, we're here talking about it twenty years later. That man was yeah. making what well, fucking three million a year. Oh, obscene money. Yeah. Who won in the end? Yeah, this is true. It's true. Uh 
Saturn versus Canyon is up next. Okay, I ha- have something before we get into this match. Go on. This is our martial arts division title match. Oh, oh you've dropped it on me. <laughs> there you go. We got a new champ oh. straight away. Okay, you just... Is it because I gave you the fear that you'd forget about it? No, no, no. No, I have to straighten down. I, listen, you, you, okay. you, you fucking think very little of me. I take my role... <laughs> I at, very little of your rules, I, 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 I take my role as Banished Star of Thunder Road very seriously. I, I consider this long and hard. At, Over a course of many seconds. At, at least ten. <laughs> and, you know, look, it's... Two top contenders. This can go many interesting ways. I mean, who, who's to know who's going to come out with this one as champion? I mean, obviously we both know. But <laughs> 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 but you know, th- this is where I'm deciding that the new martial arts champion will either be Saturn or Canyon. Yeah, yeah. I wonder why. Let's see what happens in this match and see why you might have uh, decided that. Canyon uh, with a couple of improvised cradles early. Uh, he takes a hell of a leap in the air uh, for a Saturn double underhook suplex. Um, Saturn takes control of the match, wearing down Canyon until Canyon catches him on a dive and turns it into something that kind of looks like a Northern Lights. Yeah, suplex. that was a really nice spot. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. It, do you know what I was thinking during this match? If Canyon was a foot shorter and 10 years younger, he would have been your favorite X Division guy. Oh god, yeah. Like, <laughs> Peter Williams is still dining out on like, excuse me, inventing the Canadian destroyer. Like, imagine yeah. the career Canyon would have had. Like, he was just uh, people have said it. Like, he was just before his time. Oh, the guy, like the guy, obviously had a mind for the physics of how the body could move because he just he's constantly trying things. Some things stick, some things don't. Yeah. And he, like, it's just such a shame the way everything went with Canyon. Yeah. Poor guy. Uh, Canyon needs a standing sidekick for a two count. Big flatliner, but Saturn gets to the ropes. Uh, he attempts it again, but then Saturn gets him in a pump handle suplex. Reversal after reversal until Saturn finally hits Death Valley Driver for the win. And apparently to become the new martial arts champion. Shocked. Uh, I'm, I'm shocked at that result. <laughs> yeah, sure you are on, on Days of Thunder. Uh, well done young parents Saturn new champ uh, new champion uh, next up we have Sikosis versus Eddie Guerrero oh boy I was excited uh, at the prospect of this happening uh, <laughs> Lee Marshall in here has maybe his best dad joke of the night saying the Chavo Jr. is a few mariachis short of a fiesta <laughs> um, <laughs> which is just such a like it's such a, a like a Pushes his glasses back up his nose, dad joke. And do you know what? Um, you, you said it on bread. It just a tad bit racist. It just said just a tad bit racist. Oh yeah, well that's kind of that's part that, and parcel. That's the, of the dad, whole dad joke, joke yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. It's borderline. I, I inexplicably they're still chatting for Chavo, Lee. I just, I just, what is wrong with these people? Can we cancel like all of the fans here because the Chavo chance just oh, why? Like why is why 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 can't people see how bad this man is? He's uh, awful. Like Eddie Sico- is right there. Like, come on. Yeah, he's right there. Uh, Sikosis, I feel a little bit off the pace. Uh, like they're kind of 
a little bit on different pages here, him and mm. Eddie, but I suppose when you're comparing to somebody to Eddie Guerrero, most people are going to look a step behind. Um, I did. I, Psychosis I, hits it. I was just going to say, I did like, there's one moment where Psychosis hits the, the crossbody off the top. Yeah. And Eddie kind of stand, is kind of left standing looking at him for a minute and Brain like gives the best explanation I've ever heard. He said, it, it's like, you know when you're driving and you see a pothole, but you can't avoid it. You just have to take you take the hit. He said, that's exactly what Eddie had to do there. He saw him coming and he couldn't move. And he was like a deer in the headlights. And it's just, that's brilliant. That's just fucking logical. It, it makes sense. It's, it's something that everyone will understand. Yeah, 100%. Uh, some slap off that crossbody as well. Uh, just as it looks like Sikosis might be going for the win, uh, he gets up top and out comes Chavo. <sighs> and he's wearing his Lone Ranger mask and he's got Pepe and Sikosis dives on him. Eddie comes out after, focusing on Psychosis and ignoring Chavo. Back in the ring, Eddie gets a Frankensteiner and a face buster. Chavo uses Pepe to knock Sikosis off the top. Eddie gets a frog splash and wins. What the fuck? Also, I'm thinking like the it makes much less sense to have him cost psychosis than to cost Eddie here. I'm just hoping they go into a you know, psychosis travel feud and get him the fuck away from Eddie. They spent the month or six weeks doing the whole I'm fake, really supporting you, Eddie mm-hmm. thing. That's over now and he's still doing it. He should have just come out and cost Eddie. I still would have hated it because it was Chavo. But I would have hated it less because it would have made a bit more sense. I, may, I think they're just playing into the whole Chavo's insane thing. I don't know. It fucking it, yeah. it makes no sense to me. Eh, they can fuck off. Um, back to Tanae interviewing Nash from earlier in the night. Uh, Scott Hall is out next for a response. He says no need for a survey tonight, as he knows Cali is NWO. He says he's been carrying that six foot ten goof his whole career. He said, hey, Big Kev, how about some cheese with that wine? Because he said he'd been out whining about uh, being betrayed. He confirms what we had kind of theorized earlier in the night, that it is all about the Benjamins. He said through his personal crisis, he lost a lot of money. It wasn't Nash who gave him the money back. It was Hogan and it was Eric. Uh, from now on, people can call him medium sexy, the Nash <laughs> that killer. killed me. <laughs> oh, just an absolute doofus. Yeah. Uh if he's looking to give Scott Hall that tough love, he's not hard to find. He's the he's the guy more handsome than 10 movie stars. I love that. And then, yeah, NWO is too sweet and he finishes. Uh, real kind of smarmy heel promo, but unfortunately, because it's Scott Hall, people were still super yeah. into it. it. It's hard to hate the man. Like, it, it just yeah. is. Um, one thing I did hate was his dancing at the end. He was dancing like your drunk auntie at a wedding. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, hands in the air. The hands in the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i like the way that even though this is not a video podcast i was miming the, the thing as you were saying Dave, it. Dave, i did the exact same <laughs> of course you did even though we haven't seen each other in person in like three months we still spend too much time together oh, so fucking strange <laughs> next match Cyclope versus a returning scott norton with vincent it's just, it's norton just, had been on a tour of japan this is the first time we've seen Cyclope since the the uh battle royal Yes, I believe so. Um, Norton has a shaved head now, and uh, he looks like Bobby Fish's dad. Good uh, show. Good I, show. I couldn't unsee that. And before I even finished that sentence, Norton hit the powerbomb and won. <laughs> I tell you what, what a powerbomb. Yeah. 
I, and it makes me feel like we we should have instituted a dad championship, but uh, I think we'd be overdoing it on the dads by now, uh, because this man is dad prime with the shaved head oh, yeah. and the not giving a fuck power bomb. Uh, the only other thing notable about this segment was uh, Brain calling C-Club a Captain Pumpkin uh, when he's talking <laughs> in the replay. Fair. <laughs> Next up, Tony is with Stevie Ray. It would seem Stevie has told, stolen the belt. The The line he's giving is that Booker has the power of attorney to defend Booker's belt. Booker hasn't been seen since the pay-per-view. WCW have been trying to contact him. And they're having to take Stevie Ray's word. Hang on, not, not, that, uh, not just WCW, but Chief Investigator Tanay has been trying to contact yeah. Booker. And what's best is that Tanay is being outdone in this segment thoroughly by actual sleuth Tony Shimani, who <laughs> Tony is great. <laughs> it it's much harder to get things by Tony. Tanay will just believe any yeah. old shite you tell. Tony's him. not having any of it. Tony, <laughs> oh no. So Tony immediately throws the hard question, speculating about association between Brett and Stevie. Stevie stonewalls him by saying. Steve Ray don't need no help. He wins every match by himself. <laughs> like, and just completely moves on then. Uh, I love him. Um, yeah, but um, now, like, when, when he produces the note, <laughs> and Tanae is just like, this is a handwritten note. This isn't notarized. This could be anybody. Yeah, yeah. He has a documentary, <laughs> documentation. Stevie says, Booker wrote a note. He has it here. Super Slew Tony notices. his handwritten, not notarized. It's not a legal document. <laughs> it's great. But I love the image that Stevie paints of like oh. uh, Booker T on his deathbed being carted off on the gurney in the emergency room going, defend my title. You would be a much better champion than me. It, there's a great little moment he goes, Booker turned to me and said, Big Brother. And he just turns down and he goes, he calls me Big Brother. <laughs> yeah, that's what he calls me, Big Brother. <laughs> Booker allegedly gave him a list of top contenders to run through for him. He says the first opponent is a top contender for Mexico. He's rowdy, rowdy, and bowdy, bowdy. It's Damien. <laughs> and even Shivani goes, That's Damien. <laughs> yeah. I think it would have been, I think they needed better comic timing where they didn't hit the music yeah. until after he said that. No one bought into the Conan thing because Damien's music was already playing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we have Damien versus Stevie Ray for the TV title. He just beating on Damien as he pauses to look down the camera and assure Booker that he's handling it. Tony brings the note up to the booth. Tanae <laughs> is completely unconvinced by the list. And then Brain starts muttering, like reading the list under his breath, goes, dozen eggs, quarter milk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, never not funny somewhere in here Damien goes to do like a top rope leg drop but completely overshoots his jump and it like he lands on his feet and then has to fall back on him is that what uh, happened because I just said that's what it looks I just like. said it was the worst senton of all time I think that's what it, like he was trying to do a leg drop or maybe he tried to do the senton and overshot he definitely overshot it anyway because he landed on his heels and then had to fall back um, slapjack for the win as as Tony right at the finish concludes that he is calling Stevie a liar um, Tony doesn't care he, he's not going to take any of this shit he doesn't care uh, Hennig is out with Rude Vincent and Scott Hall uh, Rude said he heard Paige running his lips which is not a thing people say um, he says he and Hennig don't get forced into anything they had more important things to do last week that uh, DDP is just a fart in the wind and get ready to be blown away. (laughs) I will say, Scott Hall's selling of the concept of a fart shaped like DDP was tremendous. Um, 
Hennig gets on the mic now and says DDP stands for Dirtball Dallas Punk. Very right up for with the Hollywood scum Hogan level of, of name calling. Yeah, that's like schoolyard shit. And in the most incredibly beyond the pale, inappropriate line of the night, says the diamond cutter symbol is him trying to show how big his old lady's mouth is. I was like, wow. Yep. That was not Dear one Lord. I was expecting to hear. No. Like, she works for the company. Well, like, yeah, yeah. She's almost certainly backstage. Um, Conan's disembodied voice rings out through the arena at this point. Him and Hennig clearly can't hear each other on the PA system so they continue cutting separate promos over one another for a few seconds. Uh, Conan is here to challenge NWO Hollywood in particular Scott Hall. He slaps Hennig in the face as it's on now and even though he says it's on now he runs away. Um, next up in I think the, the the big emotional roller coaster for one Liam alone we were teased with Ray versus Hoovy. Um, and what happened? Fuckers. Absolute fuckers. <laughs> Ray versus Hoovy. This match is never bad. Ever. And it wasn't. Until the end. They've what, what, they, what they've happened, what happened at the end? <sighs> so the match was going great, as Lee said. And then Brett came out. <laughs> And Brett came out with his chair and he laid everybody out, including the referee. Um, and then he slaps the ring post figure four on Raymond Stereo and I wept. I think I have PTSD from this. Uh, you want to talk about PTSD? I, I want to get into the next match now. Uh, like, Can we just say, Ray and Hoovy were fucking great. They really were. Like, yeah. Just the chemistry those two have. It's just off the charts, and I'd watch them every day yeah. of the week. But I just yeah, talked about who, there's no, who he doesn't. There's have no point in talking about the match because it's just fucking ruined. Yeah, who he doesn't have chemistry with everybody, but the people he does have it with, like mm-hmm. Ray or like Kidman, it's it's just great stuff to watch. And yeah, it was just really rug pulled out from under us here. Next up, we have Hugh Morris and the Barbarian with Jimmy Hart versus Chris Adams and Marty Janetti. A fucking collection of humanity here, Lee. <laughs> And this is my PTSD because the goddamn network app crashed three times Oof. when I tried to watch this match. So I basically had to watch this match three times over and I hated it. Yeah. And <laughs> this was, this it, was and bad. Just n- completely nonsensical, pointless tag. Um, the announcers sounded like they couldn't give a fuck. No, nobody cared. Uh, you can't blame them. Such a bog-standard tag match. It eventually breaks down. Adams cross-bodies himself into the top rope. Clothesline to the floor by Barb. Jimmy puts the boot boot in. Uh, Morris hits his moonsault that doesn't look great. He kind of, like, half the time he hits the moonsault. It's like, you know how many people slag mm-hmm. sometimes? Lita looks like she's about to jump onto her own neck and scorpion herself yeah. again when she does her moonsault. That's kind of what Hugh Morris's looks like as well most of the time. It's he, not he misses good. the opponent a good fucking 60% of the time. Yeah, like, every time he does it, it's put over on commentary. Oh, it's so great, a big man doing a moonsault. It's not really that good of a moonsault, to be honest. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, Barb holding down Janetti as Morris hits the uh, moonsault for the win. Meng comes out and beats up the two fucking Egypts. 
hits the Tongan death grip on Barb, locks it in as Jimmy begs the ref to help. Meng then just boots the ref. Jimmy had thrown the ref in between them and Meng just boots the ref and chases Jimmy out of the building. Um, then we have, I think, Lee Thunder encapsulated in one segment here because we have one of the worst parts of the show and one of the best mm-hmm. parts of the show in one segment. Tony is here to speak with Dean Malenko, who is here to speak with Aaron Anderson. And Mongo follows Aaron closely behind to the ring. You're missing one important part there. We got to hear the fucking awesome horseman music for the first time. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Not to not to dig up something that's happening on it that's been happening on a different podcast over the, the last week, but uh to to weigh in on the the controversy on was it grapple? Yeah, it was last grapple week? last week. Yeah, uh, good friends of the show, the Grapple Lads, and they have uh, Martin, uh, fro- Martin Bushby from uh, uh, BWE, uh, BWE yep. on as well. And uh, Martin, I would say, with one of the most outrageous takes I've ever heard in my life, <laughs> saying that the horse music was shite. The horse music is never shite. Any, any iteration of it. Uh, every iteration is fantastic. And I... I I don't want to bring it back up again because by the sounds of it he's been oh. eating shite for it on Twitter <laughs> every day since. I, I think the, the collective of us all on Twitter were disgusted. <laughs> yeah. But, Martin, we love you. But you were absolutely out to lunch mm-hmm. on that one. I've just got to say. Uh, so now, I feel as a WCW podcast we need to weigh in on these controversies. Um, and yeah, absolutely badass music. But yeah, Aaron and his glasses are here. Yeah. So, Mongo has two sentences to say and fucks it up. Brilliant. He trips, trips over his wood so badly. And it wasn't even a complicated sentence. He wasn't asking how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood or anything Oof, like that. First time doing it. Look at that. I've been in the podcasting game a while, my Deep friends. into the podcast, he pulls that one out. I'll tell you what. <laughs> the Silver Surfer was denied a bank loan. <laughs> <laughs> think of all the Ron Burgundy ones. <laughs> Um, so yeah Mongo fucks up the two sentences he had to say Dean Malenko speaks no just no empathy no emotion like genuinely it's one of those if this was Blade Runner you would be sitting that man down for a void camp test you would be sure he was a replicant (laughs) yeah the, the man feels nothing how could you, like, you would have to, for most people, I would think, deliberately try to act that emotionless. Um, And he's getting, he, the poor guy is obviously getting even more nervous because he's being drowned out by We Want mm-hmm. Flair Chance. Uh, he says he met Aaron when him and Chris Benoit were in New Japan and he brought him into the WCW and he had never had the opportunity to thank him for that, so he wanted to do that now. He said, all those guys believe in Aaron. Mongo and Benoit don't need him because, and I quote, they have careers that are going anywhere but up. Yeah. I was like, but you're half right there, in the case of Mongo. His career is going anywhere but up. He throws the sign in Aaron's face and asks if he still believes in this. And then we go, in terms of promo, from zero to 60, because Aaron Anderson gets on the microphone and fuck me, this is a promo that'll put hairs in your chest, Lee. Phenomenal. Just... 
like to go like you say from those two fucking idiots one falling over his words one not understanding how to fucking emote you go to to Aaron Anderson and my god does he just rip into the two of them he goes up he goes down he's fucking Dave this, this is just phenomenal he pops the top off. It's it's got it all. Like I, I, I almost feel bad talking about it because he can't do it justice. Like people no. should go and watch this segment. Like yeah. we 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 don't Aaron's, say that often, but go go seek out the segment. Aaron says you don't join the horsemen; you are chosen. Mm-hmm. It means commitment to yourself and to each other. It means burying your grandmother and taking the taking no time off to grieve. It means taking your son who just burned a hole so big you could put your uh, your finger through it in his foot, taking him to the emergency room, handing him over to his mother and going to work. He says the fire in his eyes is brighter than it's ever been. He pops off his top and shows the scar on his back. He shows his front. He says, this is who I was, but this is who I am. Directs his final line to Ben Watts. that you have any humanity left in you, you let it be. And then bails. And I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> and he got, like, he got more emotion, more gravitas, mm-hmm. more storytelling into about 30 to 45 seconds here than I think anyone short of maybe Jericho on the roster could on their best day. Yeah, like, untouchable. And, like, it, it's that closing line. If you've any humanity yeah. in your body, you let it be. And then he just goes, let it be. And walks away. Yeah. And it's fucking insane. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, you, you talk about a moment in Thunder, like... Yeah. Honestly, with especially with hindsight... That should have been the last segment. Oh, like, considering what they're building to. Yeah. They should have left it on that. But we have our main event now. Pyro goes off, and we have Hennig with the dorks versus DDP. And Conan just comes out with him as we go to break. We come back from break, and all of a sudden, it's a tag match. <laughs> Hennig and Hall versus DDP and Conan. So they were right to be kind of trepidatious about giving us that singles well, match. Because they had no intention. Did you notice it. that they misspelled Henning on the nameplate as they were entering? Oh no. Henning. Oh no. Oh, that's depressing. Yep. Um Henning and Paige go to work early on in each other, then Scott and Conan come in. Henning grabs a hold of Conan and while that is happening, Paige is attacking Hall, who's just doing Hall is doing his really weird cartoon selling he does sometimes. Yeah. Here. Uh, it's not good. I think he's going a bit too over the top on it, even for Scott. I, Hall, think, I think considering where they want the character to go, this was probably his first time kinda trying to, to, trying to, to yeah, to yeah. kind of lean into that and it's oh, it's fucking yeah. hot, hot. it's bad. Yeah, so the heels start isolating K-Dog, and at this point I'm like, Jesus God, this is right. It's the longest Thunder main event in forever, probably. And it's such a paint-by-numbers tag mm-hmm. match. Like, it's genuinely embarrassing for, for guys this experience to not throw something in that's a little bit different or a little bit... You would back these guys to have the minds to put together a match that would keep people in, like invested but nope. you, you think about how fired up that crowd would have been coming off the iron segment yeah and then like and they just, look how dead they are for the majority of this match with four of the biggest like, biggest stars that have been on this show well because that's the thing as well like we've had boring main events and short main events on thunder before but like they would still have a good degree mm. of heat because it's the stars and the stars are out here but like they just suck all the enthusiasm out 
Um, just, yeah, just embarrassing stuff. Eventually, there's a hot tag for Conan after what felt like forever of cutting off the baby faces. Uh, he puts a bit of bite into the match for about five seconds. Rude gets up on the apron to distract. DDP takes out Hall on the outside with a diamond cutter as Hennig on the inside steals the win with the Hennig Plex. I really didn't like that match. And I thought that, as, as you had said, Lee, to follow the Aaron promo with that was such a disappointment. Mm-hmm. There, were, there was 15 minutes run play left on the episode when the main event started. And yeah. we've, like you said, bemoaned the fact that there's been short main events, fucking just smoz finishes. But this, like, 15 minutes and a tag match with these four. There's no yeah. excuse for it to end, like, this, this low-key. Like, it's just, like... It was just there. Not yeah. memorable. Like, we're not going to remember this match tomorrow. No. I, I hope not, anyway. <laughs> but That's the beer's fault. Yeah, no. It, like, considering, like... We talked about it. Like, how hot was DDP a month and a half ago? Oh. Just unreal. And even, like you said, like, even to the point now where he's repeating promos mm-hmm. is just like, what has happened? And it's for one reason. He's involved with Hogan. Yeah. It's the common denominator, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it seems he's... I fucking hate to say it, but it does feel like he's been held back. Yeah. Again, like, the the again, we talked about it. We referenced what Dave had said about it, Dave Meltzer, that uh, they kind of went with the Goldberg mm-hmm. thing, and I would never disagree with that decision because Goldberg was so hot. But what it did was, because they went to it even quicker than they probably should have... They went too early. They 100% did. They fucked up in the middle. You know, even if they'd held off for a month and gotten the Page thing wrapped up. Do Page at Road Wild and uh, then move on from there and get your Hogan. Like, we we, we said uh, that Goldberg match going. There'd be no shame in Page having a title match and losing. But, just pay off that but, story but getting so close time. that he gets to winning that he you know he's yeah. you know he's that close to the world title then because you could have done you could have done that like have for a month or two Goldberg work his way through the B team mm-hmm. and then the rest of NWO like, Hollywood we, we, we said and, it he never touched the NWO until the whole match yeah really really disappointing anyway we could re-legislate that forever but um, Lee Give me your winners and losers for this episode of Thunder. One winner, and it's Aaron. And Mongo and Dean, by association, are fucking absolutely fucking lucky to be anywhere near the man when he's producing greatness like that. Um, yeah. The loser... It, it's DDP, because he's lost so much momentum. Yeah, I was going to say DDP. It's um, it's really, really tough. Like, because we were so into mm-hmm. him, and we were so we, like, I remember we've had multiple conversations with people in real life together, just going like, they had something with yeah. DDP here in '98, and they do build him up again a little bit here and there. I don't, I, I don't think like, he's ever going to get as hot as he was a month ago. No, they had, they had something here, and you know, kind of like they do with a lot of guys who get up to that fever pitch. And again, a lot of the time, it, it it's around the time that they would be coming up against Hogan. Something changes, mm-hmm. and it just gets fucked. And yeah, I couldn't disagree with your um, 
I couldn't disagree with your assessment there. In terms of our finish counter brought to you by Ludwig Borga, we have 11 matches, 7 clean finishes, 2 DQs, and 2 interference leading to a finish. Um, so yeah, that was that. Was that. Uh, a disappointing episode of WCW Thunder, all told, but I will say a couple of real good highlights, uh, most of which were promos. Yeah, which is kind of not what we'd expect really, like... The Nash and Aaron promos are like two of the best things we've had in weeks. And I, I, yeah. maybe the Aaron thing is the best thing we've ever seen on Thunder. Um, it's it's almost certainly the best promo. I can't think of one that stands out as a better pro wrestling promo. No, I, I really can't. And it's just unfortunate that this was on a three hour episode of Thunder that was just filled with nothing. Yeah, really, really disappointing. But anyway, look, that's going to do us for uh, episode 25 of Days of Thunder. Thanks for joining us again. At WCW ThunderPod is where you want to follow us on Twitter. Get the latest updates. Get the links to where to kind of subscribe and and like and things like that. Please do. I, I say it every show now, but please do like tell a friend or retweet the podcast or, or you know if you see people looking for a new wrestling podcast or something like that tell them about days of thunder uh the reason we've gotten as far as we have is, is largely due to word of mouth from the thunder thunder buddies we have an incredible army of people who are putting over the show on the regular on twitter not only is it helping us to grow as a show but as well uh it, it gives us the motivation watching poor shows uh, like this to kind of hop on the Twitter and see people are really enjoying the show it gives us the motivation to get through it so we really appreciate when you do that um, subscribe to the Pro Wrestling Only Podcast Network some great stuff on there just up in the last week not only are, like I'll put over one more time our special Days, uh, Days of Thunder Pick Your Poison episode with James E. talking six of the best matches of Ric Flair and boy was it tough to narrow it down to six let me tell you Great show we did last week. But as well, our friends over at Strong Style Story have relaunched their Strong Style History brand. Uh, and th- this past week, they released their uh, third episode of the NG- uh, the New Japan World Special Uploads episodes they've been doing. Um, I am behind on those shows at the moment. I was listening to one... Um, I was listening to the first one that they did back and talking about Apollo 55, which really took me back, Lee. Jesus, that, that's gone way back, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, real baby Prince <laughs> Devitt uh, they were talking about back in the day. So I'm enjoying that as a guy who doesn't have, I, I will admit, like a huge trench of knowledge about New Japan, not as much as I would like. Uh, it's interesting to go back and, and hear about matches either I've heard people talk about or maybe I've seen clips of or some that I haven't even heard at all. So uh, go check that out. Uh, and of course, like there are many other fine podcasts on the Pro Wrestling Only Podcast Network. If you want to subscribe to us, we've got our solo stream as well. But you're getting a lot of bang for your buck there by signing up to the Pro Wrestling Only Podcast Network on your uh, podcast provider of preference. Individually, I'm at the day to Dave. Lee is at Malone underscore 713. We talked about the Instagram and the WordPress earlier on in the program. Links for those will be in the show notes. So I don't need to read those out again. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, with another episode and back the week after that with our next uh, proper Days with Thunder episode so until then um, take care of yourselves be safe and we'll talk to you soon I can see through the scars inside you I can feel the thunder that's breaking 
I can see through the scars inside